Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I've got my co-host, James. Hey! And today we're talking about Volume 9 of the Kaguya-sama Love is War manga. Unlike the previous volumes, this one had 11 chapters instead of 10. Yeah, it was a big one. That's Yeah, it, it feels dense. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a chapter more, but it feels dense when you hold it in your hands. Uh, so, ye crazy ha, huh, I guess for that <laughs> what does that uh, even mean <laughs> yeah i don't even know i don't know <laughs> uh something like before we get into start talking about the characters i just like to point out the student council relationship diagram in the beginning of oh, the yeah. of the book which has been updated now it's version uh mm-hmm. 1.3 so we have miko ino added to it I like how Ishigami it says she's a small rabid dog, and that's exactly how I described her I as know. like a, a, a chihuahua, or whatever. I was like, "Oh, it's perfect." <laughs> that's what I thought. It was so funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Um, but she kind of does have that face, at least in this art, like this like, <laughs> cute thing. But she's gonna bite you if you if you get too close. Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be very careful. <laughs> yeah, uh, and. Okay, so we've always started talking about Kaguya Shinomiya in the previous volume discussions, but I feel like there is someone else that deserves to be talked about first for this volume. Dude, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> awesome. So, Yu Ishigami. <clears throat> Let's start... Huh? I, I, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> No, oh no, of course, of course, Ishigami, of course. <laughs> you really got me. I was like, wait, did, did he, did, was he thinking about, like, Miyuki? <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> okay, okay, wow, okay, nice. <laughs> Clearly, I was thinking of Mr. Shirogane. I, mean... <laughs> well, I, I look forward to talking about him as well, but, <laughs> there, like, honestly, there were a lot of interesting characters, and there were a lot of yeah. new names in general, uh, like characters mm. we hadn't seen before that maybe weren't big but still there but anyway anyway <laughs> i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> yu ishigami the clear mvp of this volume and um and he is in the foreground on the on the volume cover art as well mm-hmm. and uh early in the volume we see him join the cheerleading squad in hopes of becoming a normie at least that's his reasoning <laughs> yeah you know as i was reading that part i was so confused Ishigami, why are you doing this to yourself, man? This is, <laughs> this is not like you, or mm. this is totally not going to gel with you. But obviously, as we go on, it turned out to be very good for him and his self-esteem in a way. And also mm. helped him at least start to uh, move forward with his life, you know, after, after what happened. And we learn, we learn about that. But. Uh. So, yeah, it ended up being a really good thing for him. Even if it was yeah. kind of on a whim, right? I I think I think he was first of all like he was so brave to sign up for that in the first place. Yeah, because it mm-hmm. is as you said, like, it's so unlike him. Uh, and I mean, we see him really regretting it, like the moment he gets <laughs> into the room and being seeing how everyone is. Like he immediately regretted it right there. But luckily, he didn't quit. Yeah. Uh, and you know, um, one detail that I think is really, like, really well done throughout this volume. Uh, like the payoff of it, it's amazing, is how he isn't able to see the eyes of the other pep squad yeah. members. Except mm-hmm. for Onodera, like the girl sitting next to him. Because I think uh, she's in the same class as him, so they, he, I guess they sort of knew each other before. Mm-hmm. So he's able to see her eyes. But like other than her, like he isn't able to see the faces clearly of anyone else on there. Which I love that. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that detail. And going along with that, uh, I believe it was Osaragi who brings up the fact that um, everyone, or he's like surrounded by enemies in a way. Mm. And when she said that, it made me think about how you can't see anybody, at least within the the, the, the cheer squad, uh, you can't see their eyes. And hmm. at least in some parts of the chapter, that starts to happen um, for, you know, visual purposes. Um, so that's just what got me thinking. So maybe he, when he doesn't see anybody's eyes, it's him kind of maybe like putting himself away or not opening up to people um, yeah, and also just viewing everybody as his enemy in a way. Now, not, not to say that he hates everybody or that he despises the people. That's not the, that's not the case. It's just ever since that incident, he's had these, um, or people basically are just, you know, talking behind about him behind his back and so yeah. to him uh, it is as if everybody is his enemy in a way so um right. I don't know, that's kind of one of the reasons why i thought maybe that's why akasaka drew their faces like that yeah and i i, I think that could absolutely be like the intention but i think also and this might be a little bit more direct kind of thing but i think it's also like basically he he doesn't he isn't able to look those people in the eye, and that's why he could, he doesn't see their eyes. Hmm. And I think for people like well, people who avoid eye, eye contact are usually more shut off uh, as as people. So I think I think it makes sense with your idea as well. I, I th- yeah, I think that's true. Uh, one other, one other thought I had about that was because as we go into his you know kind of backstory into why everybody hates him, that hmm. it go. It covers like two chapters, and the beginning of the second uh, part of that, even Miyuki and Kaguya, you can't see their eyes for a few panels. Exactly. And so, to me, when when I saw that, I thought it was basically him kind of going into back, reverting back into how he felt during that time where he was shunned and basically. Um, cast out from from his peers, so maybe mm. he was kind of reverting back to that that mode, and uh, yeah, maybe it has something to do with eye contact as well. I'm not I'm not sure, but I think he definitely kind of reverted back into that. And I don't know if you noticed, but it was like the, when he weren't able to even see Miyuki and Kaguya's eyes, that happened basically right after Kyoko Otomo had showed up, and that he she right. he had seen her. Uh, so it was her kind of revealing herself to him there at the sports festival that really messed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, as you said, like he can't see even his closest friend's eyes. He can't even see, uh, for, for a while there. But then, you know, eventually Miyuki becomes the first person that he is able to see the eyes of again when Miyuki puts the headband on him and kind of helps him kind of get back on his feet in a way. That's true. Yeah. And and then eventually and then you know as he's running the race he's able to see the other student council members' eyes and a few other characters as well, and then finally you know at the end of that whole thing, he's able to see the eyes of the pep squad members as well and like just flipping the page and just seeing all of their faces looking at him like that. Oh yeah, that's such such a powerful moment. I think I oh man I love that so much. 
so good. Yeah, I think I yeah, I think it got me to, or at least very choked up. It it, it was it was great build up by Akasaka because this whole time, you, yeah, you never see their eyes or anything like that. You never see that they really cared for him, and so that final or this page when it happens, that panel, it it's very impactful. Um, so well done, well done on on that for sure. Yeah. It was a good build up. So good. <laughs> And like, yeah, you didn't win the race at the end of, of that. I mean, he, I guess if you just compare the last two runners, him and the last runner, he did run faster than the last runner on the opposite team because he definitely closed the gap, but Mm -hmm. he didn't win at the end of that. Um, However, he did learn to let go of the past. He learned to accept himself for who he is. Yeah. And he came to understand that people that are drastically different from him can be genuinely nice people and fun to be around. Like, not everyone who is the opposite of him is like Ogino, like the guy from his mm-hmm. the incident. Like, not everyone who isn't like him are like that. And I think that was such an important lesson for him to learn. Uh, so I think he came out as a winner in in a sense anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, not only that, I think it's... It's not... I mean, I don't think he thinks everybody is like Ogino, but it's more that not everybody, you know, thinks he's their enemy. You know, like how every, like all the first years, well, particularly women do. Right. You know, That's not, you. not everybody ha- has been sold on those rumors or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think, but it, to everything else you're saying, yeah, like totally. It, it, this was him finally opening up to these people and, and um, realizing that, yeah, uh, there are good people in the world who who are not who don't necessarily think exactly like you either. Yeah. I guess maybe we can touch on 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 the backstory itself. Absolutely. And just how messed up it is. Yeah. Oh I, my god. Yeah. You know, I I feel for him. I, I don't know how many times I've. Well, that <laughs> makes it sound like I've been in a situation. Not not exactly that. Meeting like you know I, I've I've met a person and just. Occasionally, you know, we'd say hi or, or smile, or whatever. And it wasn't that I was best friends with this person, or you know, that I was particularly close to them. But whether you know, and whether it was a guy or a girl, I, I just like, oh, you know, this is a good person, good guy. I wish the best for for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel where totally fear feel where Ishigami is coming from, in that he he wanted to help his you know friend um, not be manipulated like she was being. Yeah. Um, so, it, I don't think it's. I mean, Ichigami does have a strong sense of justice, and that is, you know, important for his character. At the same time, I don't think it's it's strange for someone to um, want to uh, protect or help out someone that they that they know is a good person, or that they at least feel is a good person. Mm. So, yeah, I think Ichigami becomes very very relatable there. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, you know, screw the Ogido guy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Like what a total scumbag. He is Uh, the worst or, well, he's one of the worst. (laughs) Like I, I can think of like three characters in this manga that are bad, like really mm -hmm. bad. And he, he's what, he's one of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hate that guy. (laughs) 
terrible. And all of the pain he has to go through because he's basically psychologically um, trapped Ishigami from, um, you know, speaking out because he's afraid he's going to do something to, um, what's her name? I don't uh, know. Kyoko. Kyoko. And so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's it, that kind of, you know, psychological bullying and harassment mm-hmm. is just not okay. I mean, any sort of bullying is, is not right, but I mean that one. It takes a special kind of uh, moron and and uh, jerk to 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 do that to another human being. I think and yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously Ishigami went through a hard time. But you know, I, thanks to everyone. And well, 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 obviously everyone helped, or not everyone. The student council helped him. Um, but it's also thanks to his own kind of strong sense. And pride in a way that he never gave in, and that eventually yeah. led to Ogino running away. Exactly. So I guess that was, I guess that was at least in in according to Miyuki, it, it, he fought the good fight. He he mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah, his stubbornness uh, really paid off. Mm-hmm. And like he he, I think he mentioned himself like he has this kind of in. An inflexible or immovable sense of justice, which maybe it's it's not ideal. Like the fact that he is so kind of stubborn in his sense of justice, mm. uh, could be viewed viewed as a bad thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Ultimately, I, I I adore it though. Like he he stands up for what's right, and you know, I applaud him for that. Like that's beautiful. I love that side of him. Uh, but yeah, like it definitely can get him in some trouble as we see in this backstory here yeah and i think it's a good example of like how bad it can get for people with that kind of uh personality or mindset yeah and i think it also uh highlights the how terrible or how cancerous cancel culture can be not to the extent of people who deserve it obviously (laughs) there's you know if they started canceling oh you know i mean the guy would totally deserve that Mm. Um, but you know, sometimes we are so quick to jump to conclusions that we don't hear the other side of the story or we don't have an open Mm. mind into what's going on. And that's exactly what happened here. I mean, granted these are, these are younger kids, they're in middle school or whatever, but it's, it's really depressing that they never gave him a chance and they were quick to believe the popular drama kid rather than you know just some i guess average not may average is not the right word but sort of yeah someone who's not as popular right yeah yeah and i think i like i i that that probably happens a lot i imagine Mm, i can Um, see it but yeah maybe not to this extent but right i'm sure I hope not. I'm sure people. Yeah, I'm sure people have been tricked or, who fi- or, or at least find themselves in this similar situation. So that's, that's a shame, but uh, mm. hopefully it, it ends up, for the better and people can. Move on eventually, but. Mm. That's why I like this volume so well because I feel like Ishigami is finally able to move on, and I'm sure as yeah. we saw with Kyoko, there's still people who are gonna loathe him, or think he's you know the scum of the earth. 
um, and just be blissfully unaware of the truth. Um, but for Ishigami, who's just trying to live his life, trying to move forward, it's it's refreshing to see, you know, people kind of accept him for who he is and, um, you know, not judge him for something that he ne- he never did. And for yeah, himself that's... to accept him for who he is. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Because I think, yeah. I don't think at the end of this volume, I don't think he has that same kind of sit, like hates himself the way he did before. True. Because while it was often kind of played as jokes in previous volumes, like um, I'm going to go home and die now or like it, it is funny. Like, and it's, it's fair for it to be funny, but it is, it is still the case that he has had a very kind of bad mental uh, yeah. kind of view or kind of view of himself, um, like very negative. But I think he has kind of come to terms with that and kind of learned to view himself in a more positive light now. Yeah. And I think that's really important and a big step in his character journey. I think so too. And I, I think he had been kind of slowly working up to that. And I think mm. joining the, the pep squad was, you know, a, a sign of that. Um, but yeah, I think after all, after all the events in this volume, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely at that point. It was nice to see him basically tell Kyoko to yeah, yeah screw you, you know, basically. <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, so th- that was, I mean, for me, it's kind of sad that she never finds out the truth. Not that I would want anything from it. Just I, I like people not being in the dark personally. But mm. at the same time, I think it was good closure for him, uh, for, for, for you to be able to um, say that and just put, put his past behind him. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. great stuff totally yeah and i think i could be wrong but i think in the when we talked about the previous volume i think you predicted that there would be a yu ishigami closes his eyes part three in the next volume and you were right about that oh yeah lo and behold (laughs) yeah and i think i think that this is the end of the yu ishigami closes his eyes chapters so with the closes his eyes allow me to guess what that means i wonder if it was he he closes his eyes to um the the hate and the basically backlash he was getting from all of the first years you know all, all everyone in his in his school year um you know, he just kind of closes his eyes to it and just moves forward um that's mm-hmm. kind of what i w- I, I thought then again, it, it did. It was covering his backstory, so maybe it would be, maybe it would be more something along the lines of, you know, him being kind of being depressed for the choices he made. I I don't know. I think I'm. I think it's more likely the first thing I said, but maybe maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. there. No, I I think I agree with that with you there. And but at the same time, I imagine there could be multiple ways to interpret it. So why not True. both? <laughs> true but yeah it was such a beautiful character arc for him and at the end of it like how seeing him just looking so happy when he's cheering with the like the other pep squad members like that that's so rewarding (laughs) oh man (sighs) totally is seeing him happy like that is just worth so much (laughs) 
yeah, after after everything he's been through, it's uh, it's it's really rewarding to see that. And he he's even there when you know when everyone's like saying, "Ye crazy ha!" He's he's there with them <laughs> doing it, <laughs> even though he still thinks it's totally uncool. <laughs> I think it's uh, interesting that he doesn't have line. And oh yeah, that's right. That that seems just to be something that everybody would have. But I guess it when you're ostracized like he is, and you basically don't have any friends, uh, uh, aside from the student council president, um, then yeah, I guess there wouldn't be much reason to have line. But I really appreciate that that girl. I forget her name, but she went out of her way to just get his email and just. Yeah. Yeah. You know, message him whenever something Tsubame. came up. Oh, Tsubame. Yeah. Mm. So that yeah, that was really, really nice of her. And yeah. you know, sometimes you need those people to uh, get you on your feet or just kind of be there. It's not like she did much. She just basically offered her hand and and in in kindness. You know. So, yeah. Like, uh, dude. Like she. Both she. Like she was the vice squad leader and. And the then Kazuno, the guy was like the the main. Oh yeah, main he was pretty good too. Yeah. Like yeah. they were both such nice people. Like obviously mm-hmm. she she early on made that gesture, uh, mm-hmm. that you pointed out. But like just in general, like both of them were such sweet, kind, like caring people. Like so such so genuine and nice. Uh, and yeah, it just made me so happy to see them treat you so so nicely when he was having all these, well, yeah, he had, he had the, well, reliving his past and stuff. Like there was a moment, there was a moment when the, the, the squad captain Kazuno had injured his foot Mm -hmm. and he, you know, they asked, uh, you to run in in his place. And, uh, he says something like he, he starts off by saying, like, I heard a rumor about you from junior high. And and you know oh, he yeah. just freezes like like he thinks it's gonna be about like his yeah the the actual rumors, but then it turns out that uh, like it was that he was like the fastest one in the, in the on the team or in the, in, the, in the class or whatever and like like he they 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 don't care about those like bad rumors that right. seem to exist, uh, but I think they're both thirty years so maybe they just don't even know it anyway. Oh well no I yeah that yeah I don't think they I don't think they knew. But that's the thing, like, not everyone kn- or knows about that. You know, they're not going to define him by the rumors that spread because mm-hmm. they because they don't know. Right. And, and that's and that's uh, nice for Ishigami to, I guess, realize, per se, among other things. Definitely. Yeah. So I have a couple of things that aren't related to, to his whole backstory thing although if you have more on kind of related to that and related to the cheerleading squad and stuff uh we could start with talking about that if you want uh i don't think i do um other than i wonder what his relationship is like with his parents i mean oh that's right up up until this point i thought i really thought his parents were kind of chill and not too serious with him i mean he seems to be able to get the video games he wants and stuff like that but you know his mother is you know crying about this and his father looks like he kind of beat him about it yeah 
And I don't know. I mean, obviously it's a, it's tough. And I guess tensions would be high. Mm. Um, and, and it's sad that his parents wouldn't believe him, but I guess he may not have been able to tell tell them yeah. that. Yeah, he might not have even actually explained himself. Mm-hmm. So, which, I, which, you know, understandable considering the circumstances. Mm. So, I, I just wonder what his family life like is right now, now that he's going back to school and and all that. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's good. I, ho- yeah. I, hope, I hope they've kind of, you know, uh, sealed or healed any tensions they have between them. But I don't know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see more of that. Could be interesting. Could be. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, one thing I was very happy to kind of get like a hard confirmation on <laughs> this chapter was that we got proof of you actually wearing boxer briefs now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like we saw him buy them, but we couldn't really make out what exactly he was buying. But yeah, it was new boxer briefs. <laughs> that whole chapter was so funny. I loved yeah. it. It was such it good was timing. So, well, so good. <laughs> I'll save some more thoughts for the comedy section, but my goodness, I love that chapter. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, the last thing I got on you, Ishigami, is that uh, we see in the Osaragi chapter, we see a little flashback to junior high when uh, uh, Yu was was looking out for Miko, and he, you know, mm-hmm. um, in this flash in this flashback, he removed a note from her back from you know probably a bully had put there because we know from the previous volume that Miko was kind of bullied in in junior high, mm-hmm. uh, but no, Yu was looking out for her. Uh, kind of behind her back. Like, I don't think she knew that he was, like, helping her out in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was a really nice thing to see. And, I mean, we knew that he was looking out for her even before. Like, in the in the first volume, volume 7, where Mika was introduced, uh, we did see that Yu was looking out for her in there. You know, he wanted... Yeah. Uh, he didn't want her to be laughed at for doing her best and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice to, ha- to see that there's actually a history of that. Yeah. I really liked it, too. Uh, what does Challenger mean? That That's basically the... Besides him being nice, that's the other thing I took. Like, what... Is that supposed to be offensive? Like... Well, she... She was probably... Like, she was signing up to... Like, to run for the student council for the junior high. Yeah. So she was a challenger in that, and I guess... Right. I guess it's making fun of her somehow. It's a bad way to make fun of someone, but... Yeah, all I say, <laughs> they got they got to step up their bullying game, because that, that's weak sauce right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, agree. but but obviously Ishigami is a great guy and, you know, mm. doing good things. And it was also interesting that uh, Osaragi was the one who noticed it. I mean, she's very observant. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. we'll get to that later, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I'm glad we got to see that that kind of side of him uh still being prevalent even way back then. Yeah, for sure. Well, why don't we go wacky with the order this time? How about we go talking about Miko Ino next? Okay. Since we we kind of touched on her at the end of this one anyway. Sure. So, in addition to you kind of standing up for her, Mhm. She was standing up for him while he was suspended 
she yeah. argued that he should be allowed to come back to school. And I think if it wasn't for her intervention, well, uh, no, it, it wasn't the only reason, but I think her intervention in that regard played a, at least played a big part in why you was able to come back and why he was able to go on to high school at Chuchin. Yeah. And so I, I really like how, at least back in junior high, Miko and you were both looking out for each other without the other knowing that the other person was <laughs> looking out for them. Uh, because you doesn't know that Miko did that for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just think that's such a, such a nice little, little thing between those two characters. Yeah. Because as we've said, said before, they, ha- they are similar. Even though they probably don't want to admit being similar to each other, they are similar. And I, yeah, I really like that. Even Osoragi makes that same comment is that, uh, yeah, they're, they're very similar in, in some of their, uh, I guess, their motivations or their ideals, I guess. Yeah. Bo- they, they have a both a strong sense of justice. And so that's that what I, when I saw Ishigami taking the note off her back, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I saw, or let me get to the part with Miko standing up for Ishigami to the teacher. And I was wondering, why? Why would she go to all this trouble um, to someone she doesn't particularly care for? And I guess it just it just comes down to her strong sense of justice, hmm. right? Like yeah. it, it, her seeing, you know, someone being mistreated and wanting to stand up for that person. Totally. Does that sound about right? I think so. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of, well, I think she's a lot about like kind of rules and well, yeah, that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. kind of like what's written sort of. And I, I, I think maybe she thought it was silly of the school to be so stubborn with you. I mean, you was being stubborn himself, but the school was kind of being stubborn as well, being so Mm -hmm. like adamant about him having to write a formal apology and that, that kind of stuff. And I think maybe that's what ticked Miko off a bit. It's like, I guess there, so. There's no need for for that. And then she says she's, he's like stupid to, he's not, he's not, he's not smart enough to write a composition or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Basically insults him in that way. I, I don't know. It's like, it's almost as if she knew him better than, than she was letting on, but I don't know why. Does I mean, that they, make sense at all? Um, I don't know, actually. It's like, they they are in the same grade, and they maybe are even in the same class, specifically, so... Yeah, that could be. They, it, it makes sense for them to know each other. I don't know how well, though, they would know each other. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. Anyway, I, I agree that it, it, it was it was nice to see that, and again, the parallels between them both standing up to each other without the other one noticing... Mm. that's yeah that is nice yeah and actually on that topic i think it's hard to know exactly like i don't think miko necessarily has an issue or ever had an had an issue with use incident like that part of his backstory i don't think it's necessary that miko has ever really had an issue with that much like most other girls you don't think so in the fr- yeah yeah because Whenever we've seen her take issue with you, it's always been for other reasons. It's been like him kind of 
doing, well, basically doing things that the disciplinary committee wouldn't allow. Playing mm -hmm. video games at school, uh, just, just in general little things like that, which are ultimately kind of minor things. We don't know for sure if she also dislikes him for the rumors. We don't know that for sure. But I kind of feel like it would make sense, given how she was fighting for him to be able to come back from the suspension, makes sense that maybe, potentially, she had her doubts about the rumors as well. So maybe that was like her believing in you a bit more than most others, and that was why she was standing up for him. Maybe. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it would it, it would explain that at least, and I think I think it makes sense. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, it definitely that's if that's the case, and and I, I think I think you make a strong case for that that she somehow found out or put it together. It just seems like she she was behaving similarly to everyone else in regards to you, but maybe that was supposed to be a fake out. Uh, I think yeah. I mean, she definitely has been dis disliking him, but I yeah. I, I think it, there might be other reasons for that. And basically just her being her and being on the disciplinary committee. Uh, she, yeah. She, yeah. I mean, that's her, that's her personality, to be fair. For sure. Yeah. So, so, so she, she would dislike you regardless of the incident or not, I think. Mm -hmm. And another thing we learned from the last chapter of this, well, I, I guess it's, I think it's been kind of sprinkled a little bit throughout the story Maybe, although I can't think of any concrete examples right now. But anyway, um, it seems like Miko's mind seems to be pretty much just as much in the gutter as all of the other characters. Like, <laughs> she, she she might seem like this really innocent and, like, doesn't, like, think of or talk about lewd things. But it seems like she does. At least in her mind, she has those thoughts, and she just like just like uh, the guys in the student council. She also kind of misinterpreted what Chika was talking about, like when when she explained that game with a balloon. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. uh, Miko seemed to have thought it was something else, and she was kind of blushing about it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like embarrassed about having misinterpreted that. So yeah, I just think it's funny for her character to also have that kind of a dirty mind kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, yeah i guess i guess that's fair to say about her i mean um to be fair some of the some of the times she's right on the money with <laughs> with some and obviously obviously other times she's missed a lot of well, okay let me take that back <laughs> a lot of the times have been misunderstandings that's fair but there was a one time with kashiwagi where she basically hit the nail on the head. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. So I think, I don't know. Is it fair to, yeah, I, I guess it's fair to say she might have just as dirty of a mind, but, but maybe it's also just what she's experienced, meaning that she would be out of the loop if she didn't understand what was going on. And so in right. order to be a good disciplinary council member, you got to know, <laughs> you got to know the code words. You got to know the... <laughs> Uh, you gotta know what the enemy could be thinking. <laughs> that's 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 
fair. Yeah, it's just like for research. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much research he's doing, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, I I do think that uh, you may, you probably have a good point. Maybe she is. What's the What's the right word I'm looking for? Deprived. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sexually deprived. Is that Is there a better word to say than that? I don't know. Don't know. But either but, way, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just funny with her proper demeanor. True. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, again, the time she she's walked in on the student council thinking that it was something lewd have been are moments that can be taken incorrectly. You know, Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> watching Ishigami change, seeing... seeing Kaguya doing, you know, some sort of massages or, you know, certain things to Miyuki and et cetera, et cetera. You know, some of those things you can't really blame her for. (laughs) Yeah, she has the best timing. And I love how, I loved how, like, subtle kind of it was in this volume. Oh, yeah. When she walked in on Ishigami. (laughs) It's like just one panel. And then it's like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because... Even even then, even though it's happened five or six times now, uh-huh. maybe maybe not that many, but well, even though it's it, happened multiple times, something like that. Yeah, it's it's still a kind of unexpected. You know, I <laughs> when when Ishigami was changing, I did not expect her to to suddenly appear, um, but it was it was it was perfect. At, well, for comedic purposes, it was the perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And it's also fun, like since it was done so much, especially in volume eight. I thought uh, it was really nice to just have it be such a small thing in this volume, but it yeah, was still there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, really like exactly. that. Exactly. I, I kind of hope it continues just here and there, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> in various ways. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, one other thing I have about Miko is uh, kind of going back to the Kashiwagi moment. Yeah. Osaragi says that she's basically a chicken at heart. Um, you know... Kashiwaki was quickly able to, you know, uh, trick her into thinking she was talking about something else, and she kind of yeah. backed away because you know, uh. she got embarrassed or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I kind of imagine a dog who gets off their leash, and instead of like you know barking really loud, they kind of get oh never oh I'm not on a leash anymore uh-oh, uh oh <laughs> wait hold me back hold me back. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, that's kind of the imagery I got from, during Aww. that moment. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Kashiwagi definitely played Miko there. Big time. Big time. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I have one last thing about Miko, for me anyway. It's that uh, I thought it was super sweet seeing her kind of quietly rooting for Ishigami when he was running the race. Yeah. Like, I, I hadn't seen it coming based on what we had seen previously in the story. But it was such a sweet little moment. And even after that, um, it looked like she was about to go up to him and comfort him after he was looking sad for the loss, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, Miyuki kind of stopped her from going up to him because the pep squad, uh, well, it was their kind of time to shine, I guess. But, But it really looked like she was about to go up to him and kind of, yeah, sort of comfort him there. Which I was like, wow, really? Would she? Would she have done that? Do you think she would have done that? I'm not sure. I, I, I guess. I mean, he. I don't think she would have, you know, given him a hug or say there, there or anything like that. No. Maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe a slap on the back or so. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I think she was ready to do something because I think. It, okay. Here's my thought process on this whole thing. Uh, at least how I'm reading it, mm. is she, for one reason or another, knew that Ishigami was innocent and that what he was doing was trying to get get back to a normal life and she wants to support that and i think because of her strong sense of justice she wanted to cheer him on but at the same time they don't get along very well they don't hate each other like osaragi says a lot of my observations come from osaragi yeah yeah no she made good good observations (laughs) (laughs) you know they don't hate each other they just don't get along uh you know they have they butt heads and so her own pride can't let her, you know, is probably not one to let others see her cheering on this person who is, you know, one of the public enemies of the, the disciplinary council committee. Um, but at the same time, she does want to see him move on and, and you know, ha- have a good life and, and not, you know, and not live in, I guess, self-deprecation or whatever. But yeah, that that's that's my take on it. I don't know if see of feelings or any sort of relationship, but maybe I don't. know, Maybe there's something. I okay. To be fair, I do think that there is something more potentially to their backstory. Maybe like there may be like we, we could get a time where they first met, um, whether whether good or bad. <laughs> impressions um but here i think it's more of her just wanting to see him see him succeed you know see him get past this awful awful experience right that's that's my take on it gotcha i i wonder if she know like if she is aware of him going through all that though Mm. i'm not sure if she does like i think she was able to Definitely, I think she was able to sense this kind of despair over not having won the race. Because in Ishigami's mind at the time, it mattered a lot. Right. Obviously, right. it didn't really matter, but at the time, for him, it did. <laughs> and I think she was able to sense that. And, I mean, she was cheering him on. That alone was, like, uncalled for, kind of. And and when and when he, I, I, like, after, when he stopped the race, like, the race is over and he's just standing there. She's looking at him and she looks... She looks concerned and kind of, she looks like she, I don't know. And then, and then she actually like steps, like starts, you know, walking toward him, but she's stopped by Chika and Miyuki. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know to what extent, but I think she somehow would have tried to comfort him. I think maybe not like super like uh, emotionally or whatever, <laughs> but, uh, but just like, in a small way, I think, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's fair to say. You said something interesting just there about um, you don't think it's because she knew any any of what happened. I right. I wonder. I mean, I I guess I don't think Miyuki would go around telling people, especially some random second year or, or first year that he hardly knew. Um, so. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe she didn't know. At the same time, 
maybe she doesn't have to know about everything he went through. Maybe all she needs to know is that he was turning in all assignments, but the teachers wouldn't let him come to class, and that the first that most first years despise him, at least the mm. women. Right. So, with that, with just those two simple things, I think she can find a reason to cheer for him and root for him, and and based off of all that, I think yes, I do think she would have been willing to comfort him somehow. I mean, I again, I, mm. I don't think it's going to be like. Yeah, a, a hug or anything like that. But. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. But yeah, I think I think we probably agree. <laughs> yeah, we uh, agree. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I I wonder still. I, like... I guess I guess I'm curious why you would think not, or it, hmm? I mean, not saying you do, but you 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 make it sound like it's I I don't know what it could be one way or the other. To me, to me, it just it just looks like one way that, you know, like she would totally, or like. That was her intent was to potentially, potentially, <laughs> kind of defeats my purpose. <laughs> uh, was to comfort him, um, mm. but could you see? Could you see the other way? Uh, no, no. The only okay. the only big question I think in my head was really just kind of to what extent she would have. Oh, oh, done got, it, gotcha, gotcha. I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, gotcha. you got anything more on Mikkel? I don't. I do All right. Not. Then shall we start from the top, Kaguya Shinomiya? Yeah. I kind of want to start with her relationship with Ishigami, since yes. this is kind of the Ishigami volume. Uh-huh. It's really sweet. Like So, so sweet. So, <laughs> so I, I am shocked how well their, their kind of relationship has gone, their, their friendship has, has blossomed, really. Uh-huh. And, I, it, you know, it, I did not think... We would be here at this moment, you know, <laughs> Kaguya dressing him up in makeup and being like best friends, basically. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> here we are. I mean, I, I think obviously Ishigami probably still has a slight fear of her, but um, at the same time, y- you know, I think they both realize that, yeah, these aren't so bad people, uh, you know, mm. Ishigami and, and Kaguya. Um, I I describe it as Kaguya getting a little brother, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, Somehow, and yeah. It's like she's always wanted a family, but now with the student council, she kind of has that. Um. Mm. So to see her, yeah, again, dress up you and also, you know, cheer cheer him up and and all that. It, yeah, it kind of remind me of someone being there for their sibling in a way. Totally, so, yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that was such a nice thing for sure. And like, first of all, that she allowed him to borrow her uniform was like a, a nice gesture in in and of itself. Definitely. Um, but also, I think for her to actually joke joke with him, make jokes with him, like she wrote mm-hmm. "meathead" inside on his forehead, like it was all in good fun. You know, it was a joke on her part. <laughs> I mean, uh, and he I th- did he did kind of <laughs> diss her, so. unknowingly so he kind of deserved it (laughs) oh yeah oh my god that was that was one of the funniest moments in the in the whole volume i guess since since he touched on it i guess i guess we we should talk about it a little bit like how he thought it was too tight around the little little, little tight tight around the chest area (laughs) (laughs) my pecs are kind of big you know kind of developed (laughs) 
Oh man, poor Kaguya in that moment. Poor Kaguya. Like, uh. But hey, she she handled it. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she dealt with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I thought it was really nice to see her, uh, like joke with him because I think I pointed out I think it was volume four where I pointed out the probable first joke we ever saw of her and she was joking with I, in that mm-hmm. volume she made a kind of joke in there. I don't. I obviously I haven't been counting like how many times has Kagi been joking but I don't think it's been that many times if at all since then um probably has happened at some point but it's not like something that happens easily and especially I wouldn't expect it necessarily for for her to do it with you right here so I thought that was such a nice such a nice thing yeah so it's again it's just really nice to see their friendship become what it is right now and I hope I hope it continues to be strong I mean yeah Ishigami could be a good wing per- man for Kaguya, uh-huh. you know, as she tries to get with uh, <laughs> Miyuki. But he, but he's kind of a bro with Miyuki too. So then, then, but but then he'd want it. Well, okay, 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 okay. So Who I would get, he be a wingman could, for? <laughs> right, right. It, I, he could uh, both. No, I. <laughs> no, I guess I guess in that sense you'd have to choose one or the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of the two, it'd probably most likely be Miyuki, but I think it'd be really interesting to have a guy be the wig man for a girl, and not yeah. and not because he secretly likes the girl or anything like that. I mean, that's a common trope, but just uh, because uh, you know he's he's really good friends with Kaguya eventually, and mm-hmm. and anyway, it'd, it'd be cool. But I'm totally. fine with either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we could talk a little bit more about Kaguya specifically. In this volume, she's avoiding Miyuki because his presence makes her mind go blank. <laughs> uh, which is understandable based on the things that happened in the previous volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she develops a calming ritual in order to be able to deal with this. Yes. Which I, I love that. Um, I do too. And... I just before we get into the actual things surrounding it, I just want to touch on the little detail where she is developing the calling ritual and she's holding a puppy. There's like a little <laughs> panel. She's holding a puppy, and she's so cute in that. Right. Like she has her hair in like twin tails. Like we've never seen her with that hairstyle before. Uh, right. But oh my god, so 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 cute. <laughs> she has two hairstyles in this volume that I'm like, oh my gosh, these mm. are really good. The twin yeah. tails are really good. I like the ponytail a lot. Yeah, that, at the sports when festival. She, at the sports festival, I was like, oh, man, she yeah. should do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she looks great. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the calling ritual. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And and the the how quickly she was able to mm. to master it was impressive. But I guess we shouldn't expect anything less from Kaguya Shinomiya. True, true. Yeah, I wish I could do that, just do a little gesture and just suddenly be, be completely calm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something I need. <laughs> Maybe I should try finding one. Do it. <laughs> but I, I like, I like how it kind of, uh, her, her crutch. It's not necessarily detriment, but it's the gesture she makes can be easily uh, sabotaged easily without, right. you know, obviously not on purpose, but yeah, sabotaged easily. You know, grabbing her hand. Or making her do something with two hands, or you know whatever the case may be. Right. But when she's able to do it, 
it, it definitely works for her and it worked on a few occasions and you could even see it subtly when she during the dancing uh chapter she uses the opportunity to teach him dance to get close to his body which <laughs> perv. um yeah. and she's literally like you got you gotta you gotta move your hips in this way or whatever she says right. grab it as it was like man kaguya <laughs> but then the, the next panel she's she has her hand to her chin like she's doing her ritual thing so you yeah. don't see her flustered but inside she was probably screaming for a little bit and then you know, for sure <laughs> quickly did. so so it, it works and uh-huh. uh it, it's nice to see those like, subtle moments where she does use that yeah for sure and I, I love how that's that's one of those parts of her character developments that sticks around like it's a it's a thing she learned in that chapter and she has use for it like in several chapters yeah. after that as well I, I i love that kind of consistency and kind of how and and i think i've talked about it as well before like how this manga really like everything has consequence kind of like it's not like akasaka writes a chapter and then mm-hmm. i i mean i guess maybe here and there might be maybe a chapter like that but sure for the most part like everything flows into each other so well and like most things have a purpose uh and it's so like for the foreshadowing is excellent and how everything just leads into the next is remarkable i think uh, Agreed. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, and we learned that Kaguya has a black belt in judo and aikido. Ooh. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not bad. You know, I mean, whatever. I probably could take her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've seen her, like, you know, I think it's happened several times. It happened at least once in this volume, and I think it's happened before that as well. When uh, someone's running away, it's been, like, probably, maybe it's always been you running away, and she just holds him. Like, she just doesn't even, she, does, she doesn't even look strained at all, but she just holds him in place. Yeah. <laughs> She's strong. Or, like, she she got him hooked against the couch, like, like a chokehold on the couch or whatever, ah, you know? That's right. Remember that? It's like, that's, like, that's yeah. an assassin move, professional move. <laughs> maybe she did actually learn that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, the, I think that was the first chapter with, with you. It must be, yeah. Uh, but yeah yeah she she is uh very physically able surprisingly yeah yeah she's a pretty small well girl, i mean she's but... pretty small well not as small as miko not, but not like miko no <laughs> yeah but i guess with judo and akido you're kind of using your opponent's own momentum against them right no maybe uh, at least in judo i think i don't know much about aikido oh okay but I think I think you're right about at least you. But it it might be the same in Aikido as well. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that's a good point. I actually I like that. Anyway, that's a really cool tidbit about her. Mm. Got anything else on her? I don't think I do. I guess you could argue this be for romance, but I think this is good for her mindset. When she's uh-huh. talking to Miyuki's father, she mentions that her old mindset my mindset was that you know all people have a dark motive or ulterior motive. Yeah. But when she met Miyuki, her mind was kind of open to the fact that there are, there are good people or people who are, you know, not trying to get someone out of another person mm. for their own gain per se. And as she learned that, she saw that in the other student council members or is, and is still learning that. So he basically changed her, her outlook on life or her, her perspective on life. Yeah. And I, I think that's, one very sweet, but also uh, 
kind of a good character building moment for her to be able be able to realize that and just yeah just see that in her as we go through these volumes she has she has become more trusting of other people you know, we see it with Ishigami She's yeah much more trusting with him than she was in the beginning yeah for sure that that's a, that's a beautiful beautiful moment and I think Miyuki's dad's uh, pushiness in that scene really helped Kaguya I think yeah yeah and it, I mean it, it, some, I think it went a little far but you know <laughs> yeah it, it was uh, good at the end Right, yeah, and it's kind of like Hayasaka does that too, like where she kind of just is a little pushy sometimes True. with Kaguya just to just to get her to to make progress, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought I thought it was so so nice to to get that piece of information and about how Miyuki made her able to see the good in other people. Yeah, really, really nice. Also, her. Uh half face when she convinces Miyuki's dad that Miyuki's a good person just her face was, <laughs> she's just like, hey. she's like yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah that was really cute yeah mission accomplished <laughs> <laughs> yeah really nice <laughs> um then I guess we can move on to Miyuki Shirogane man this guy's a champ this guy uh-huh <sighs> I, yeah, I guess we should start talking about him from the perspective of you as well. Mm. I, I think that what he did for you, Ishigami, is it makes it makes so much sense that Ishigami would look up to him and respect him the way he does. Uh, he he was kind of his hero in that in that sense. It's, you know, pulled him out of the depths of hell uh, you know, of his own mind to uh, you know live his life again basically gave him the words and what he needed to do to move on so i really yeah you you can't there's nothing but respect for this guy um there's not a there's not a bad bone in his body (laughs) totally i i love that it's so i guess some people might accuse a character like miyuki of being like a marisu type of character Mm. maybe because he's so pure such he's yeah he has such a pure heart and it's so 100% good. But I, I I wouldn't... Personally, I wouldn't say it because I think he has struggles in other ways. Right, like exactly. Def, like, very much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that moment so much. Like, basically, Miyuki came to you when... You know, and, and, he, and he believed in you in a time when barely anyone else did. Yeah. And, like, yeah. how much that means to you is, like, immeasurable. Totally. It's beautiful, uh, and and how he gave him the go to hell jerk thing, like he <laughs> it, it came from Miyuki, but then and then and then you used it <laughs> again. But yeah, I love it. Awesome. And I also love how, like, well, I, so we talked earlier. I can't remember when we which which volume we were discussing, but one of the previous volumes, uh, and. I think it was mostly you speculating because I knew a little bit already, mm-hmm. but you were speculating on like why and how certain uh, student council members got their posts. Mm. Uh, and I, I wasn't able to join in on talking about on you because I already knew this, this backstory about how he and, gotcha. and Miyuki got to know each other. But this is basically what I knew then. So if you ever listen back to that, now you know what I knew. 
Um, <laughs> basically, basically that. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out. And I and I like how Yu's backstory. It kind of spans over six months ish. Mm-hmm. Um. And it ends pretty much, pretty much exactly where the story began in Volume One. Oh, really? Because it's it ends it ended like Miyuki came and rescued you in spring. And the first volume begins. Well, it technically begins like six months before, like with just like one or two pages, and then it's like six months later, nothing happened, blah blah blah. But like when it actually starts for real in the first volume is at some point in like May, like something around like spring, a- a- April, May. Like it's like the the beginning of the school year anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So yeah, it's basically right there that the story starts. Uh, so I think it's nice to kind of have use backstory lead up to almost exactly where we well yeah where the story began yeah that's a good point and going off of what you're saying about why he chose ishigami I, yeah i think it's clear why he did mm. well i mean i think you could take it a couple ways so maybe it's not as clear but i think you could take a couple <laughs> ways one is he he knew ishigami needed um maybe needed something like this, needed, needed a friendship group or a position that would make it easier for him to come to school. Um, mm. Another option could be that he obviously knew that Ishigami was capable. He was getting his assignments done and all that. So based on what the research he, he and the student council did, I guess choosing Ishigami was a no-brainer. I think it's totally both of those things. <laughs> mm. Uh I, I I do I think, yeah I I think I well I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, uh, back to or sort of yeah back to Miyuki. I think one of the the main arcs for him this volume was basically his worry for Kaguya, um, mm-hmm. or like he he didn't know like why was she avoiding him, uh, was she ill like did he learn something at the hospital. When she was there, is she actually like, is, is is it bad? Like, is that why she's avoiding him? And and we even see him being a little bit jealous and very insecure. Uh, but you know, when he he sees Kaguya and yeah. you and mm-hmm. <laughs> through the door and like it's a little bit of that. And, like, like he feels so bad for not knowing what like why Kaguya avoids avoids him. Kind of yeah, kind of isolated in a way. Not not from everybody, but just from Kaguya, and he's. He's just, mm. uh, he, what did I do? Like, is there something I did wrong? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like that's happened sometimes where I feel like a person is not talking to me and not because they like me per se, but but right. I feel like I, maybe maybe I did something wrong. Um, uh. Eventually we get over it or I find out it was nothing or something like that. But mm. no, I, I, I totally get where he's coming from and understanding um, why he is that way. Absolutely. At the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like j- j- being able to relate to him like that, I felt I felt so sorry for him. Like especially when he was sitting, you know, at home on the floor just doing the yeah. she loves me, she loves me not. <laughs> like it was funny, but also like, oh god, that's like the lowest of lows at least when it comes to that kind of thing. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. such a sad, sad situation. He was taking it really hard. Yeah, he really was, and and I and and I and I understand like not knowing, like being in the dark on those kinds of types of things is it can be really, mm. really hard. Indeed. 
But I mean, it's a good thing. Like they ultimately sorted everything out. It kind of yeah. it kind of worked out on both ends. Um, I feel like kind of at the same time. Uh, like Miyuki, well, I'm not gonna go into depth now, but his sister helped cheer him up a little bit with, mm-hmm. with what she said to him, and and then when he and Kaguya did meet up again, it was Kaguya who who actually started talking to him um, on her. Right. Uh, initiative so it kind of worked out on both ends unaffected by the other kind of yeah for Miyuki it was just a waiting game that obviously he didn't realize it was that way but Kaguya just had to let it it let it simmer in her mind for a bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then she's gonna be okay yep yep (laughs) um we learned that Miyuki doesn't have a mom or well he has a mom but she's not there not there uh, she ran off with her with her lover some time ago, hmm. uh, and because of that, Miyuki tries to fill that kind of role in the family, mm. which is, I think, a really sweet side of him as well. I mean, we kind of, we kind of had um, K explain to Kaguya kind of what Miyuki is like at home. Yeah. So we kind of sort of had a little bit of a hint at this be- before, but not now we know like the reason yeah, not behind to this extent, it, and though. and yeah, we have a much more of a. Uh, better, better, better look at it now. But because of that, he's kind of taken, or, or their relationship, Miyuki and Kay's relationship has kind of um, drifted apart or, or strained a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think it was definitely needed that he take that role since his father can't really do it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's too bad. But I, but I guess it's just. Some families are like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, no no family is 100% perfect. Like, and I think, uh, obviously, it's it's rough being without a yeah. mother suddenly. I, I Like, we don't know how long it's been since she left. True. Uh, so I guess that's up for interpretation, or maybe we'll learn it eventually. I don't know. But but regardless, like, it's got be, to gotta be tough. Especially since, like, no no one, none of the three seem to be dealing with... I mean, well, I think Miyuki deals with it the best. He's probably the most kind of mature mm. about it. Yeah. But I think the others, they don't deal with it well. Which is, I mean, I don't blame them. It's it's hard. Right. Uh, for the whole family. But, mm-hmm. yeah, when, when, like, two out of three people deal with it really poorly, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. All right, then. Let's talk about Chika Fujiwara. Oh, Chica. Chica, Chica, Chica. <laughs> I, I like to start by talking about her very high appreciation for culture and her being very, very picky when it comes to the Soranbushi <laughs> dance. Very picky. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the nuances in the expression must be perfect. It's like, ah, uh, Chica, wow. And, and like just how she becomes so passive-aggressive. In that yeah. chapter too. <laughs> I love seeing uh, that side of her. She cracked. The straw that broke the cab was back. Um, <laughs> well, actually, I guess technically that was before that where, you know, she just loses it in front of Miyuki. She's like, that's it. I'm done. No more. Right. I'm out of here. Never coming back. Yeah. Never never should agree. And then she does come back. Yeah. Uh, I really wonder what, what she came back for. Maybe she was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'll try again. But we ne- we'll never know because <laughs> she catches Kaguya trying to steal her student. Um, but I think this reinforces what I said 
way back when in that Kaguya should, not Kaguya, Chika should be a teacher when she grows up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe being a perfectionist is maybe a bit much. But at the same (laughs) time, I think she has a great appreciation for art and, you know, well, not drawing, obviously, but but the, <laughs> the music and dance and those kind of things that she's good at, she has mm. incredible deep appreciation and, and understanding of, and she wants to share that knowledge. And to be fair, in the end, Miyuki does end up mastering it in a way. Um, yeah, totally. And it, <laughs> it, it just betters his performance. So I, I don't think what Chika was trying to do is wrong. But I also think I also don't think what Kage was trying to do is wrong. It's just two yeah. ways of going about it. Absolutely. And, and obviously, Chika was just you know, well, they were both stubborn about their, <laughs> their way. I, I, I love the like I love Chika's more kind of emotional approach to the dance. Mm-hmm. Like I really really respect that. Yeah, basically learning it in that kind of way, but it is definitely over course like it's not yeah like this is a school dance chica like <laughs> you don't need to be a professional dancer uh in this instance um but uh, yeah like I, I love the the kind of twist on this uh chica teaches miyuki something chapter where mm-hmm. she doesn't really <laughs> or well, well she, she, she does she does she, she gets does. him to a point where he's actually good enough and then after that he just happens to learn the the rest uh, well he under he understands finally what chica meant about yes. pulling the was the herring or the the fish from the yeah from and like feeling what it feels like to be the net or something like that <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah uh, it's great it's great but but also what's interesting about this one and, and it's probably my favorite one of of these kind of chapters it, mm. kaguya gets in and on it too and so it kind of creates this dynamic of Chika and Kaguya fighting over over Miyuki. Uh-huh. And we've only seen that once. I, I think yeah. that was with the witch... Um, I'm only thinking of Japanese. I think the club. Wh- club. Or- I was thinking Bukatsu. I was like, oh, what, is that in, <laughs> what was that in English? Clubs. <laughs> yeah. um, they were fighting over which one to club, or which one to join. <laughs> and, yeah. And, um, at the time, Yuki was like, oh, it kind of feels like I'm in a harem. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess not so much this time, but it is interesting mm. that we have another instance where they're fighting over Miyuki. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the example they bring up, too, about the one that loves him more will let him go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the old I- Ido period tale. Right. But neither of them let go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this one also, it's really funny to see Chica, like, she, well, yeah, she she, she doesn't want, to, like, first, first she gives up on teaching Miyuki, then Kaguya takes over, and the moment Chica notices that, she wants to teach Miyuki again. It's like, mm. it's like, like a, ti- like a child not wanting to play with a toy and then it sees some other child playing that with that toy and then suddenly wants to play with that toy as well it's like such a funny funny thing i think <laughs> yeah that that yeah that is pretty funny i <sighs> part of me wonders if why why she came back you know just to see it oh yeah y- you know like what was 
I guess we'll never know why exactly she decided to come back, whether it be like to apologize, to keep teaching him, or just she forgot something. Right. Um, yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> it could be anything. So I guess I don't know if it's because necessarily because, oh, Kage's playing with my toy. I want that toy, which sounds very <laughs> wrong. Um, but I took it as almost like harming her pride in that, oh, you think you can teach him better than I can? Oh, okay. Well, all right. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's, yeah. let's see what you got. Okay. And obviously <laughs> becomes very passive aggressive and it's hilarious and uh and the, you know that side of Chica is very intimidating. I yeah. Speaking of which, I don't get along or I don't do well with passive aggressiveness. Nah. Um, not many people do, but some people just ignore it. I it's really hard for me to ignore it. So being in that situation would be very uncomfortable, and I probably would call it out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably good. <laughs> so anyway, but but at the same time, like. Uh, I guess it was kind of cute to see Chica be that way and whatnot. <laughs> it's really hard for me to like be too mad at her. And obviously yeah. their, their friendship is still intact. They were still totally okay yeah. with each other the whole time. So it's right. not that big of a deal. Yeah. It wasn't like a fight to the death or anything. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But still cute and funny to see. I, I, I really enjoyed that chapter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and in another chapter, I thought it was so super nice to see, how well Chica fits in with the other board game club members. Yes. Like, she is right in her element there. I loved it. It was so great to see. Like, they're just like her, basically. <laughs> uh. I love how the, I love the game idea, too. It's like, man, I want to play the tactical <laughs> Shuji, or no, was it Shuji and TR, TRPG or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah. I want to play that. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I, I noticed about Chica... Well, okay, two things. One is we got a shot of her playing the piano, and she just looks gorgeous. Mm. Like, Man, I want I want to see her in her musical element more, like in a recital or something. Yeah. But I wonder, like we, she said she won the competition like in fourth grade. Has she not been in competitions, or she just hasn't won? I mean, competition oh, yeah. can be tough. So, I don't know. I wonder True, if we yeah. ever get, if there's a reason behind that, or if we will ever get, um, ever see her in a competition again. Just makes me think. I would suspect that she's still active, um, yeah. but that is probably just you know the competition is tougher though the older you yeah. get. So that's uh, probably is, what it is. Is my thing because she is we've seen she's active in like in the school's uh, music related things like she directs the the choir thing mm-hmm. or in the morning assembly thing, and uh, mm-hmm. and like little, little stuff like that. So she seems to be active in in that area. So. Yeah, I think she's probably still doing stuff. I wonder why she's not in a musical club. Hmm. Well, she enjoys board games. She has to pick something or one. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess the board games one. It's like, I mean, I practice at home all the time. School is for fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I think absolutely that that's it, probably. So, yeah, the other thing I had about her was that the the boys really like her. Yes. Which uh, I guess shouldn't be too surprising. I mean, I don't blame them, you know, for liking her. <laughs> but I didn't realize it was that she had that big of a fan, well, quiet fan club, you know, yeah. all willing to face plant into the, the flower or, or whatever powder it was. Yeah. I mean, one, gross. Uh, two, 
this is it's interesting to see that maybe she's a little more popular than I thought she was just just based on previous interaction or chapters with her so i don't know i'm still trying to understand chica yeah in a lot of ways she i think she absolutely is the biggest kind of riddle out of the main characters uh mm-hmm. and and i think i think it's very likely possible that she is oblivious to the fact that so many boys are into her mm, yeah um, that's very possible. Like she just hasn't noticed it because at least from what we saw on that one page of it, it didn't seem like they were all that, I guess, in her face about it. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah. So it's very possible that it's just kind of like a, yeah, like a, yeah, you, you kind of said it like a quiet fan club, <laughs> mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. That although, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's possible though. So, uh, anything else on Chica, though? I have one more thing. And <laughs> this is this is kind of just a... I guess you could call it comedy, but I I wonder if it will play any sort of role in the future. Uh-huh. Is she takes a picture of Ishigami in his cheer... Not cheerleading, but his uh, girl, girl's school outfit. Mm. Um, she seems, like, very excited about it. I, I wonder if she'll use it as a blackmail or, oh. <laughs> or or like like not like maybe try to use it as a joke or or not necessarily something that actually happens but maybe her mindset is like oh i could use this to to get <laughs> dirt on him <laughs> you know so he won't bother or pester me or something like that i guess it could also be that he, he she just thinks you know he he looks kind of funny cute in in the in the school uniform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, right, we, we know that she kind of has that thing about her where she th- can, yeah, she, she likes it when kind of we- weird-looking things are cute, kind right, of. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I like that idea. <laughs> so, anyway, that's all I have on Chica. All right. Uh, then let's talk a bit about Ai Hayasaka. I think there were some interesting little things mm, about her. Yeah, little things. Chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think my, my favorite part was she wanted her mom to come to the mm. sports festival, uh, but she couldn't make it, uh, which I think is probably because she, you know, she was probably busy serving the Shinomiya family. Right. Um, if she, if she has a similar kind of job as, as I herself does. Mm-hmm. But I thought it, it was like really only like a page of it, if I recall. Yeah. And, um, I wanted to see more. Yeah. I totally want to see more as well. Because it seemed like something like that was really troubling. I well, when we went to this chapter, I didn't realize it was going to be beat by beat. Like each page is a different yeah. topic or something. So, uh. and I think it's like the second one, the second page that happens. So I thought we were about to go into a story with Hayasaka and her mom, mm. but then you know we just kept going, going you know funny thing after funny thing. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I guess we'll put this on hold. So I imagine we'll get something eventually. Uh, it seems mm. like something kind of lame to never bring up. But, um, or, or it would be lame to never bring it up is what I meant to say. Right. Um, but still, I I really wanted to know more about their relationship and what what is going down within the Hayasaka family. Absolutely. 
I think the only thing that seems clear, at least to me, based on what we've seen here, is that there is a strong, like, bond of love between her and her mother. Like, mm. otherwise she wouldn't care as much as she did by the fact that she didn't come there. And, and you know, they had that notebook when, when I was younger. Right. Uh, and, like, they, they definitely care deeply about each other, at the very least. Um, yes. But, but yeah, I, I also look forward to seeing more with them same i teaches kaguya the calming ritual that we talked about oh yeah uh and i wonder if maybe i has a calming ritual of her own already oh i it wouldn't surprise oh. me if she did that's <laughs> a good point i didn't think about that if she if she was one that knew it and right. was able to teach it then yeah maybe she has one of her own and because she is someone who has so many different personas she mm. must have to use that from time to time for certain reasons precisely oh now yeah. now it makes me want to go back in, <laughs> and into the volumes and see if she if there is a sign of that tick i kind of had i kind of had an idea of maybe it being like her little like peace sign on an angle with like a squinty eye or like a winky eye uh with oh, okay. her like with one of her feet kind of going up a little bit on, on to the side although maybe that would be like too kind of big of a yeah thing. it could be too big yeah <laughs> uh but but I think she does that kind of motion, uh, just as an example, and it might have just been an example. Mm. Um, but regardless, I I definitely think she has a calming ritual of her own, because she yeah, just really seems like is. a character that would would have use of of that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the fact that she knew it and she was the one that taught uh, taught it to Kaguya. So, Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you got anything more on her? Yeah, she's public enemy number one. Yes. <laughs> did, I, did I say did I say that about Ishigami? Ishigami is probably like two or three, the, <laughs> maybe number one in uh, Miko's mind. But in everybody in the disciplinary council or committee's mind, mm-hmm. Hayasaka is the the elusive <laughs> uh, lawbreaker. Yeah, <laughs> she's on the blacklist. Oh god. So I, I just. I, I thought it was funny because you mentioned that the disciplinary council or committee way back when um, mm. would come up. And, yeah, she knows them very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. always finding a way to, to get away from them and break the rules a bit. <laughs> really funny. And I, I, I imagine Hayasaka gets some kind of enjoyment out of that, uh, just yeah. kind of toying with them. It just feels like yeah. something she would get a kick out of. <laughs> so true. I, so, help me understand, with the Miko situation, clearly, clearly her skirt is too short, but mm. she just, all she does is kind of bend down to Miko's level, and then the skirt goes down to where it's okay, and then she gets off scot-free. I mean, sure, surely they would be like, wait, no, 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 I stand up straight. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't think there's anything like that. I think it's just... Um... Hayasaka's way of approaching Miko just makes Miko chicken out from cracking down on her. Is at least how I read that. Really? I don't think there's any I don't think she's deceiving her in any way. She's only kind of making her less confident uh, by by like in the way she approaches her. And that that's what I thought. Oh. I guess yeah, I could see that at the same time 
Miko is looking at her ruler in that panel and she's like wondering like what the heck happened. So I don't know. Like I I think yours makes a lot of sense though. Is you know, especially how she kind of says just nothing, but it it looks like she tried to measure it but it didn't look right. But I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. maybe it was just her appealing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you you could be right too on like how she's kneeling down to make the skirt look longer. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Mika wouldn't be fooled by that. So, so that that makes me more inclined to maybe believe. maybe it's a little bit of both though. Mm, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's funny regardless. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's it for I Hayasaka. Yeah, that's uh, all I have. Yeah. Then we can go on talking a bit about the smaller characters. Um, although some of them were kind of more prominent in this volume, but we can start by mm-hmm. talking about Kei Shirogane. I think she is... Okay. At least for me, she's the one I took the most notes for out of the smaller characters. Sure. Uh, we learned that she has entered her rebellious phase. <laughs> I think I even mentioned this in one of the previous chapter volumes. Is that she... Oh, she's going through her rebellious phase. Yeah, you may and, have. You may have. <laughs> so I think it's funny that... Oh, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> mm. My my favorite part with her, this volume, is... Uh, was Well, there was, like, one chapter was that was very... is like, focused on her. Mm-hmm. And I loved kind of being able to follow along with her reasoning behind yeah. why she's annoyed with Miyuki, why she's curious about his romantic struggles and why she wants to know more without seeming to care about about mm-hmm. it uh, like following along with like her thought process behind that made so much sense like i i, I think uh, yeah I, I thought it was a really good portrayal of like teenage sibling dynamics um like being on bad or shaky terms a lot of the time while still still loving each other deep down uh basically i think is is very common um in in that kind of well siblings that are around that age because at least for me that's definitely how i me and my little sister had 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 a, had a period of that uh kind of dynamic uh when we were younger and hmm. um so yeah I, I just i really love how akasaka manages to capture the essence of that so nicely in this in this chapter i agree uh and you you could see that kind of pride that both Miyuki and her share kind of come through in this chapter. Not so much from Miyuki, but from Kei, as she she can't let her brother know that she actually cares. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, she has to go through ways, basically uh, berate him with insults in order to get what she wants. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, inter- it's interesting, again, just another similarity, I guess, between... Although, I don't think he Miyuki wouldn't be able to fling insults at people he struggled enough with uh, do that with kaguya exactly <laughs> we've seen him so, fail at that right so i think i guess k is uh mastered it or ha- has preceded the master or not wait uh, surpassed the master that's the word oh yeah <laughs> that's right um no i i like that dynamic and it's understandable why she would be so angsty against him because hmm. yeah he's kind of taking that more motherly role and and yeah, I mean, it makes sense that she would want to, uh, or they wouldn't be as close as they used to be. But it's it's also sweet to see her reach out to him in the end, um, mm. even even though it took the father butt again. But <laughs> she, she ended up 
expressing or well t- you know making him see the truth that the girl just needs time and maybe she likes you or something like that so right. it was it was good for him for for his mental state absolutely yeah it was really nice ending to that to that scene uh and i think it's also pretty funny how even at the end of that she didn't she wasn't able to figure out who Miyuki likes right uh, and then like in that like last page or the between chapters page she's like glaring at Moiha as like a right. potential potential suspect all right I was just like well well n- not not suspect per se more it's just because she thinks it could like it could be Chica and so yeah. she's like right. ah so Moiha could be my sister-in-law and um, if it was Chica and all I'm saying all I'm saying is <laughs> watch out like you better hope it's not Chica. You better hope it's not. You don't. You don't want. You don't want that as your sister-in-law. Just, just be careful. Or what if it actually would have? Or what if she actually suspected Moiha, like for some random oh, reason? Oh, really? I, I don't. Huh. I don't think. I don't think so. Like absolutely not as much as Kaguya and and Chica. Uh huh. But I wonder huh. if it's still like somewhere in the back of her head. Like, what if? Has Miyuki if, even if, like, even met Moiha? Not well, probably because Moiha is his sister's best friend, so they probably at least met each other at some point. I guess so. Maybe not I, in the story though, but just outside. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outside of the story, I th- I'm pretty sure they must have. Um, Still, I don't know. I don't trust Moiha. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, th- I think you have. I think you have a you know, mm. unassuming, devious city serial killer in your midst right now. <laughs> Just oh, no. say. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. watch out. Watch yeah, out. Yeah, definitely be wary. I hope we're wrong about that, though. <laughs> uh, okay, serial killer was a bit bit much, but <laughs> I I get I get bad vibes from her. But she's so cute, though. <laughs> yeah, she no, she she's adorable. Uh, but yes, yes. She's um, the first evolution of the Chica line. Exactly. Of course, oh my god. Of course, of course she's. <laughs> Beautiful. The evolution page was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> yes, since so you brought good. it up. <laughs> um, but um, I guess we can talk about Daddy Shirogane, or Mister Shirogane. I have mixed feelings on him. Okay, tell me more. So, he does. He helps Kaguya a lot there. Like, I understand her feelings, and you know, I, I guess in the end of the day. It worked out, but at the same time, what? Well, what? Well, okay, I guess I'll, I'll list the positives. So he helped Kaguya, and then he's he seems to want want to be there for his children, which is good. Mm. Um, he's still in love with his wife, even though um, she left him. Yeah. He's kind of, op- I guess, optimistic that she might come back. He hasn't even signed the divorce papers because he still loves her. Oh, yeah. it's so sad. Yeah, oh, I feel bad for him. So, so the other side is I don't know how mentally stable he is right now because I guess he mm. can't hold a job. Uh, he, he's obviously lovesick, understandably so. Yeah, and he was also unable to, like, help Miyuki out with like romantic advice. Like he was affected right. by it, like in a negative and like in a bad way. Yeah, just mentally, I don't know if he's there. And then. Just the kind of the way he behaves at the student festival, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I don't blame Yuki being embarrassed. 
at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. But he is he is a very genuinely good guy though, I think. Like it you can yeah. really you can really see where Miyuki and and Kay got that from. Like they're just pure hearts. Uh I think their dad definitely has that. But he has other issues, you know. Right. Well, I think I'm just surprised how much of a wreck and you know, emotionally traumatized he is. Mm. Based on that one phone call, I mean, it was just one phone call with Kaguya. I I thought he'd be a stricter kind of a, <laughs> kind of a you know, five to nine or, or nine nine to five, mm. work work late overtime kind of a guy. And maybe he was at one point, but definitely definitely not now. Yeah, yeah, he used to run a factory, but that went bust. So I feel, yeah, I feel I feel bad for him, mm. um, but he's also a little quirky. Yeah, and it's it's really I I I just find it so nice, kind of that even with a character like him, like he's obviously a very minor character. I mean, not mm-hmm. maybe maybe not very minor. There definitely are there True. are smaller ones, but he is definitely a minor character though. And but even like despite that, I still find myself caring so much about him. Yeah, um, I think Akasaka has that way of really making us care about his characters, even though they're small characters. Mm. Um, I agree. It's like I, I just want Mr. Shirogane to find happiness and you know lead a yeah. happy, healthy life. Like I just wanted to move on. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I mean, exactly. if the wife comes back and there's forgiveness or something like that, sure. But at mm. this point, it doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen. So I, I say. Move on, find happiness. Yeah. Um, I know I'm just, we just met him in this chapter or this volume, really. So right. I don't know why I'm, I'm giving him life advice, but. Um, <laughs> no, but he, he deserves it. And I think, and, and I agree. Like, I think the best kind of character arc that he could go through, at least from what I can imagine right now, is, is one where he is able to move on. And I mean, maybe he meets someone new. Maybe that makes Maybe. it easier for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, moving on, as you said, I think. Uh, 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 huh? I just had a terrible thought. What's that? What, what if he, what if the person he meets is Chica's older sister? <laughs> oh! That, that'd be so weird. <laughs> the age really gap, weird. The age gap would be so uh, uh, too much, but it would be hilarious. It would um, <laughs> it would be uncomfortable and hilarious. And very uncomfortable. Um, that's why, oh anyway, it's never going to happen, <laughs> but it would be hilarious if it did. I, yeah. I so because The reason why I said it is because I was thinking, okay, well, what are the single adult women that I could think of? And she was the only one I could think of at the time. <laughs> so. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretend like I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> We'll try. Real quick with Shirogane, uh, father. He, mm. I was scared for a second when he was filming Chica. Yeah. Uh, I was like, whoa! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I knew this guy was... Be- oh, oh, okay. He's just doing it for for Fujiwara dad. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I guess we can talk about the Fujiwara dad next. Sure. Since, since we touched like, on him. I like how everybody's embarrassed by their parents. Chica was embarrassed by her dad. Miyuki was embarrassed by her dad. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, yeah, it's, they're it's they're at that age. Yeah, they are. I think it's, I think a lot of people yeah. were or totally. are embarrassed yeah. at that age about their parents. Yeah. I know I definitely That's, was. <laughs> I still am. No, I'm just, 
Uh, but yeah, it was really fun to see him, and he doesn't at all come off the way I had like expected based on like yeah, because kind of, he he seemed like he would be like a really really strict mm-hmm. kind of guy, and maybe he is at home. I don't know, but maybe. Um, but I, I thought he came off as a very kind of pr- pr- pretty cool guy, warm, understanding, friendly kind of guy. Yeah, but my favorite part um, about his appearance in this volume was that. One of the things he says, he says it with the same speech bubble that Chica has. I don't know if you noticed that, but I thought that was a really funny little thing. Oh, is it the bubbly one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I never noticed that was Chica's unique bu- speech bubble. Huh. Well, may- maybe it's not unique to her, but she pretty much always has it. Okay. Like, she- she's the like the one character that has those types of speech bubbles consistently. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really funny to see... Yeah. Uh, him have it <laughs> interesting but yeah you, you you touched on the on the gag at the end of that interaction uh <laughs> which is i mean obviously a callback to to two instances i think um yeah or s- sort of well obviously it's kaguya kind of having those kinds of thoughts about a fujiwara family member and then it's like the 180 turnaround which mm-hmm. is a reference or a callback to the i think it was in volume four where it was where that happened right uh but yeah that's uh, really funny <laughs> i also love uh that we understand why he's so strict to with chica right it's because he basically he feels like he failed with the first child <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was actually really nice little little i uh... don't want her to end up like that <laughs> i mean i felt bad for the older one but i uh... i guess she is pretty um uh risque or kind of <laughs> um carefree i guess you could say yeah yeah it's really really interesting to get that information about that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh yeah want to move on to nagisa kashiwagi sure uh they're not a lot but but we did learn that she is one of shuchin academy's scary vip students (laughs) oh really she was sitting there yeah she was like in that image of the scary vip students What's a that... scary VIP? Oh, whoa, 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 sorry. Maybe I'm not explaining myself well enough. Um, after the whole sports festival thing, uh, Kaguya and Hayasaka were were watching Kyoko and as she walked away from, from the place. And Hayasaka suspected that Kaguya might have had something to do with her changing schools. And Kaguya denied it and said that there are other students that kind of have that kind of power as well. And there was a panel of uh, some... I guess popular or high class students at the school that just looked kind of scary, um, mm. and among those were Nagisa. <laughs> right, this group is actually at least, if I'm remembering correctly, this group was the one that Miyuki had to talk with, like all the councils. All, yeah, I all, all all the clubs. I mean, I I had that thought as well. I. And and it definitely might be the case. I didn't double check if every person were the same. I know that Nagisa mm-hmm. was definitely in that one as well, though. So yeah. it definitely definitely might be the same group. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really funny. Indeed, it's a shady business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it kind of fits. It kind of fits her, I guess. I we find out she's much more sly and clever than <laughs> maybe she let on before. I mean, I, I For sure. well. So I guess technically she was kind of like that with uh, the student council way back when, when 
um, they asked her about how far she had gone with her boyfriend. Right. Um, but in this one, we definitely see her, uh, you know, switch as we were talking about earlier. You know, you know, switch the, uh, the tables or whatever the term is, mm. um, against, um, uh, Miko. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she definitely one. She definitely knows how to get out of trouble, um, or play play dumb and innocent. And two, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. She's not afraid to. Uh, not well, I I think I think it's confirmed that she's gone all the way with her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She she's cool. I like her. Yeah, I like her too. Um, I think this was the first chapter for the first volume where we didn't see Maki Shijo at all. Yeah, I didn't see her at all. Because. She has always appeared at least slightly in every volume before this one, and uh, you know, th- th- there were there was a one point in this volume where I thought I saw her. Um, oh, really? It's in in Osaragi's chapter. There's um, okay. both in the present day, and in the kind of her flashbacks to uh, Ishigami's uh, rumors. Uh-huh. Um, there's a girl with basically the same exact haircut or hairstyle. Um, but it's black hair instead, and she's probably, like, this girl has to be a first year, because she right. was there, and we know that Maki is a second year, so it's not her. But I thought, like, at first, I was like, wait, is that Maki? But no, it's it's it's, it's not. Um, gotcha. That's a first year girl with a similar hairstyle, but different hair color. Uh, but, yeah, uh, just wanted to point that out, in case anyone thought that was her. Maki is missing! Yeah, it's sad. It's sad not to see her at all this volume. So I'll keep my hopes up for maybe uh, uh, next volume. Maybe because I can can make up for it next volume. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, speaking of Kobachi Osaragi, guess we can touch on her next. Yeah. Uh. I like I liked her chapter because, well, I mean, she's basically in one chapter. I don't recall her being in too many others basically she was giving a rundown of what her and miko do on their runs or you know what they deal deal with as a disciplinary community but also her her observations about her friend and ishigami and just kind of the how things go about in the school um and you know I, i i appreciate her observation how she seems like a very kind person and yes. because she sees Miko and Ishigami similar, she's also silently cheering for Ishigami as well. And I guess another thing I took from that is she, she takes her position as part of the disciplinary committee uh, pretty seriously. I didn't, I didn't think she was that serious because I just thought she was hanging out with Miko. Hmm. That's all she cared about. But, I mean, she seems like, to her, what they're doing is making sure students live a, what is a pure and innocent school life or something like that. So, yeah. So I, it, it was nice to see that and how she's kind of, was kind of cheering for Ishigami in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she just wants everyone to have a, yeah, have a good school life and for everyone to be happy. 
And yeah. like that's kind of how she sees the disciplinary committee anyway. And it's not uh, totally unlike Miko Ino. It's just Miko Ino is more drastic in her measures. Because yeah. Miko, as I think I said in the first volume where we talked about Miko, where she just appeared in volume seven, she also wants everyone to have to be in a good place and to be happy and she wants what's best True. for everyone. But sometimes her idea of that she is goes, a little, yeah. <laughs> little warped. Yeah. Goes overboard. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I agree. Like, it was really nice to have a chapter where we got to really follow along with uh, Kobachi's uh, or Osaragi's uh, thoughts. And uh, and it was nice to get her kind of view on the rumors about Ishigami before we as readers got the whole picture on that. That's true. Um, and it was really nice also to see that her, like, she's questioning those rumors. And we knew that since the previous volume, that she mm-hmm. wasn't as much against me or against uh, you as a lot of the other first grade girls. Um, but, but yeah, she, she questions those rumors because she has seen you. Like, she knows what he's like, and she just doesn't think he's the kind of person who would do something uh, like the rumors suggested that he did. Yeah. So I think that's really awesome. Totally. Are there any other characters? Yes, a few. Well, we sort of already talked about Tsubame, Koyasu, and Kazuno, the yeah. captain and vice-captain uh, or leaders of the that. Yeah, we talked about those. So it, se- it seems like Tsubame will, I guess, be somewhat of a character going forward because she was, at the end, it said, to be continued, mm. and her art was there. So I'm guessing... I mean, yeah. to be continued, I know it doesn't necessarily mean that exactly what's shown is what's going to be continued. It could just be, you know, the, the volume continue or the the story continues. But right. I think the fact that he would put her art there kind of implies that she has more to the story. Yeah. And without saying too much, I will say that I really, really like her character. Awesome. She seems like a really open and, and kind person. She really is. She's She's great. And uh, Onodera, the girl who is supposedly in Yu's class and was also in the pep squad. Not much to say about her. She was kind of yeah. a background character, but she was there. She was the only one mm-hmm. that me, me, who that you could see the eyes of at, at first Yeah. in the pep squad. Uh, and and I, I had the idea that's probably because they sort of knew each other before, was my mm-hmm. thinking. Um, and then I guess if you have anything more to say about... Kyoko Otomo or Ko Ogino, the girl and the guy from the backstory. No, I mean, Ogino I've done, I've already talked about. Well, you never know with, you know, with backstory characters, maybe he'll come back in some way, but I'd be pretty fine if he never shows up. I never want to see his face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Personally. Yeah, you know, I, speaking of never wanting to see his face, I'm actually kind of glad that we never actually got to see his face because he was yeah. never drawn with eyes. We never, we don't actually know what he looks like exactly. I'm glad. He yeah. did, he's not he's not <laughs> worth my mental images or whatever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I touched or I mentioned before that he's one of the three worst characters in the story so far. Uh-huh. Um, like worst, that's in regards to like not poorly written, but like just awful yeah, just bad people. characters yeah mm-hmm. people um he's he is one of the three and the other two uh at least in my opinion are kaguya's father and miyuki's mother oh yeah i could see that i think that trio at least out of the characters we've seen so far are the top three i don't know which order but those three anyway 
Yeah. De- definitely after yeah after this volume. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about Miyuki's mother until now, so it's yeah. Right. It's, mm. I can see that. Um, as for Kyoko, uh, I would have loved for her just to know the truth. I said this earlier. I wanted her to know the truth, but I'm fine with her being blissfully unaware. I just if she's not gonna learn the truth, I don't want her. I don't want her again. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, if, if she is eventually going to find out what happened and potentially thank Ishigami, then that that would be good. Uh, maybe have some closure between them. But I don't know. I'm not... It, it doesn't need to happen for Ishigami's arc to be resolved. I think I think for the most part, it's already resolved, you know? Yeah. In fact, I would say it's it would have been it would be bad for his arc if she did learn it at this point mm. anyway, because it would have basically made his entire like half year suspension be for nothing. Oh, I think because he he was fighting for her to be able to keep her smile and her blissful ignorance. True. He was he was successful True. in that. Mm-hmm. And if she had learned, then it would have been as if he had failed at that, I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, it's... You can argue, like, whether it's better to keep her blissfully ignorant or if it's better for her to know the truth. Like, I think that's arguable. Like, mm-hmm. which is the right option. I don't think there's, like, one definite uh, correct answer to it. But you want her to not know. And I think... I, 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 I want to respect that and i think so yeah i think it's good that you didn't learn it for that reason agreed Hmm. i guess i just briefly briefly mentioned the the i don't even what you call him the guy who plays pokemon go who's like the principal oh yeah 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 headmaster yeah principal or headmaster or head teacher like there's several words for it yeah i mean you know he 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 played more of a role in this volume than he has before not just comedic comedically it seems like he's more down to earth and more willing to help out the students than some of the other teachers at least Mm. in this case so i I guess it was it was kind of nice to see that side of him um especially after the the strange uh french strange (laughs) party thing where he was like testing Miyuki or something like that. Yeah, that was that was so strange. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think especially in the flashback to where Miko was kind of mm-hmm. fighting for like to get you back to school. Uh, he was willing to listen to her, and and it seems like at the end of that chapter, he he looks at Miyuki's apology letter that that or not Miyuki, uh, Ishigami's apology letter that Miyuki wrote. Yeah. Um, and he and he's laughing at it, so it seems like he's pretty he's pretty cool with it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> totally. Let's move on to comedy. Okay. So tell me, James, would you say that this volume went out with a bang? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it went out with a pop. There's probably more. <laughs> yeah, but it was a big, 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 big pop. It was, it, it was a big pop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about that first. I want to kick off the comedy discussion by talking about that chapter. <laughs> uh, I think every... Because I, I, th- I thought it was just such a good chapter from a comedic standpoint. All of the five main characters of the student council members, they all had like something really like fitting for their characters and I thought that I thought was really, really funny. 
you know, we had Miyuki. Um, he was initially he was glad that there were no stakes in the game for once, until he kind of got scared and kind of intimidated by the balloon popping in his face. So he <laughs> he, he he ends up wanting to to not lose anyway, uh, and he recalled his father's words of wisdom, <laughs> like you know, that, and only to to ignore them after that. <laughs> uh, and you uh, Ishigami had a similar thing where he you know he was expected to not be afraid because he had recently gone through this amazing character arc, <laughs> but he also just chickens out of that. Uh, so great. Um, and Kaguya, Kaguya tries to like use her calming ritual. You, you touched on that before, but obviously mm-hmm. she she can't do that, and um, and she she wishes that Hayasaka was there to save her. And she even <laughs> <laughs> she even cunningly tries to pop the balloon. Uh, with like two and with using two different methods, she she tries to pop the balloon when it's not her turn. Um, and 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 Chica, just when she starts pumping, she she doesn't stop. Or well, she does stop, but she pumps and pumps and pumps and pumps and pumps. Um, and what I thought well, so I actually regarding Chica in this chapter, I thought it was interesting that um she tells Kaguya that she needs to pump with both hands, which I think Kaguya would have been able to pump with only one hand. Uh, but Chika tells her that she has to pump with both of her hands. And she turns down the tangerines when it's her turn, only to take the tangerine when it's somebody else's turn later on. Uh, so I feel like, w- was that all intentional uh, of, no. of, of Chika? Did she did she have that all in mind? Like, is she that clever? I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think maybe. <laughs> I don't, not definitely not the tangerine. The two hands things. I think that's just a rule because I've seen this is this is kind of a Japanese game show type of thing where right. you pump the balloon. And I think mm-hmm. the rule is you have to use two hands. Have you ever played Mario Party before? And one of the Mario yeah. Party games is you pop you you blow up the balloons and um, whoever pops it loses whatever. Yeah. So it. I, I think it's just a, a you know the basic rules of of the game. Okay. So I don't. I don't blame her for that per se. You know. Right. Right. I just. Thought, I just thought it was interesting to think about because you. You never know with Chica. Like sometimes True. she can be True. incredibly like see things that no one else sees and be very clever about things. While mm-hmm. other times, obviously, she's she can be very absent-minded and, and and devious. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then finally, I just want to touch on Miko. How she. Uh, yeah. She just pumps until the balloon is like basically ready to pop be just because everyone else is cheering her on because they're all too scared to pump themselves <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah yeah I, lo- I love that chapter for from a comedic standpoint and i love that this volume ends with that chapter because it was a heavy volume uh arguably the heaviest volume so far mm-hmm. uh like it's competing with volume five but uh but it was really nice to end with like a lighthearted chapter like this. Yeah. Um, so so fun. So nice. Agreed. I, I think my favorite comedy chapter um, is either the the Shiragane dad at, at you know, talking with Kaguya or the um, or the teach the Chika teaching one. Both of those are hilarious in my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, I guess real quick about the. Shinagani dad, it, it there's just so many gags in it that it it's really, uh, I don't know. It, it's just nice to see so many different characters bring a, a, a different personality and 
yeah. and um, kind of sparked to the story, and I'm having trouble turning to it. Where the heck is it? Oh, here it is. Um, I already mentioned the part where he's accidentally, not accidentally, when he's filming Chica, and that, that how that scared me. Um, but just, yeah. but just how uh, y- you see how similar Chica and her dad are, and then Kaguya gets mad at her the whole family. But also how <laughs> Shirogane just, or the Shirogane dad kind of tricks Kaguya into confessing her love in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's just, it was really funny to read all that um, and and see Kaguya's expressions. Um, they're they're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and also and also when she finds out that Kag that that Shirogane is Miyuki's dad, oh. um, <laughs> she just kind of loses it. It's so <laughs> well, funny. So does Miyuki too. Yeah, yeah. Like they both lose it for different reasons, but it's so it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> They, like, they, they don't know how to react. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Uh, I also thought uh, Kaguya's panic meter in the chapter when she's... Oh, yeah, that she was has, good. She has to confront Miyuki. That was really funny. Like, it was so exciting and hilarious at the same time in a way that Akasaka just is so good at doing those types of, of battles. Um, and obviously, we talked about Yi Crazy Ha. Yi Crazy Ha. Oh, yeah, that chapter. <laughs> that I th- actually... I think that chapter is up there with my favorite in this one, just because you get you get like the good moment of Ishigami trying to do something, and you get that great bond with him and Kaguya, mm. but you also get a lot of good comedy moments too, with you know Miko randomly coming in, Kaguya <laughs> messing up with his makeup, and just all sorts of good good feel uh-huh. comedic moments for sure, <laughs> and. One of my funniest like one-liners, this volume was uh, Mr. Shirogane when he said, "I'm your sugar daddy." <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even it's know like, what no, it means. <laughs> that's not what it means. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like cringy and just it killed me. Ah, oh. so true, so true. I love these these volumes where it's like. You'll you'll flip through the pages. You'll maybe read through a volume in a in a sitting or something. Maybe not every time, but like I I, I usually do, and you just go through so many emotions as you read through the, the chapters. And it's like one moment you'll you'll cry with laughter, and the next you'll cry from like how sad or or how touching mm-hmm. something is. It's it's like everything in these books, and I I love that so so much about this series. It's. Yeah, it's amazing. Plays with your emotions, yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Very good. Uh, and I guess Chica's passive aggressiveness and how she had like in parentheses LOL. Yeah. <laughs> like, that... I really want to know what that was in Japanese because yeah, it, it was confusing in English. <laughs> right. It was really funny though. I thought it's just like oh no, it was, sar- it was sarcastic laughter or a kind of sarcastic friendliness kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really really funny. Her her dead eyes to start. Oh. To start the chapter, but also when she f- sees Kaguya teaching Miyuki. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it, it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, Miko Ino, she she took Yu's video game without letting him save first. Bruh. Oh, how cruel. You fool. <laughs> poor, poor Ishigami. I hope he wasn't at a final boss or anything. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. I hope he saved at least somewhat recently. 
And I have one last thing on comedy that I wanted to touch on. It's, it's from the chapter that had all of these, like, one-page skits, kind of. Mm-hmm. Where Miko and Kobachi were tossing balls, and Miko was on Kobachi's shoulders. And, <laughs> like, they weren't able to get anything done, because, I don't know, they were not used to being that tall, and it's just wonky and clunky but it, it was it was really funny it looked looked hilarious and, and also really cute <laughs> <laughs> they tried <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was oh yeah it was just funny to see miko uh i, I don't know it's always I, I always think it's funny to see miko do things that's are like that's like a, outside of her comfort zone mm-hmm. it's always it's always a blast <laughs> and even like picking up the balls from the ground like they couldn't do that because they were too tall <laughs> uh yeah. I, I thought it was funny that we found out where the jeans, the Fujiwara jeans come from. Yes. Oh, that's right. Not the mother, but the father. <laughs> yeah, they got the bust jeans from the father. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> wow. I need to calm myself a little bit. I feel like I've been laughing too much. <laughs> oh, I think I'm done with, with comedy uh, stuff. How about yeah. you? I'm done as well. All right. And romance stuff didn't have much, this volume. Not too much. I mean, the first chapter was really good, I think. I mean, there was it was funny, but also um, it was obviously Kaguya trying to overcome her feelings, but it was all very romantic. I mean, she would get flustered when Hayasaki mm. would say, future husband or something like that. I guess, <laughs> I guess yeah. you could say that's comedic, but I also find it romantic and especially how yeah. how Miyuki is so forceful of trying to you know get her to stay you know t- mm. tell tell him why she's trying why she's avoiding him um so I thought it was kind of romantic in that way that's true that's true uh I had written down the well basically when Kaguya talks to Miyuki's dad um yeah and how she well basically explains how Miyuki opened up her mind to in in, in the way he did uh, mm-hmm. I think that was really romantic. Um, and other than that, the only other thing I wrote down was the little bit where basically after the whole... Uh, after Miyuki has understood sort of why Kaguya might have been avoiding him, and after Kaguya has gotten over her issues with that, they mm-hmm. are able to talk like normal again and actually walk together to the student council chambers. That was just a little thing, but that was one of the romantic moments in this volume that I really liked. I, I yeah I I wrote the same thing actually. Sweet, um, sweet. I, I I like I like Kaguya's expression there too. Like she seems so proud of herself. It's like yes, I did it. Yeah. Kind of a thing. <laughs> it's um, awesome. And mm. um, I guess Miyuki's kind of relieved. I know this is romantic, but I thought it was really cute. The and it's not really a part of the story either. The oh. illustration for chapter eighty four, that eighty four, where they. Chika and Kaguya kind of biting the, the ears <laughs> of this Miyuki doll. I don't, it's really cute. <laughs> it's like, the, you know, they're fighting over him. I don't know. It's, I thought it was cute. Just how, how serious. Ang- Chika's got her angry eyes on and <laughs> uh, Kaguya yeah. looks so embarrassed. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a funny little teaser kind of for what would happen in that chapter. Yeah, exactly. For sure. <laughs> That's so. That's yeah. I think that's all I have on on romance. I mean, I could tr- as I was reading this, I could try to like pick up on 
potential things and whatnot, but it, right. it would have been it would have been very nitpicky and, and kind of digging. You know, I agree. More more so more so than I would would even do. <laughs> yeah, I think this volume uh, toned down the romance a bit and upped the the drama instead. Kind mm, of let yeah. let the drama take the center stage more. Well, not center stage because there was definitely a lot of comedy as well. But yeah, more 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 drama there because this is in 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 addition to being a romantic comedy, it is also a drama series. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and sure. that definitely shows in this in this volume, I think. So yeah, I guess that's it for this discussion. I think this might have turned out to be the longest Kaguya discussion we've ever done. Uh, but it's, it's also the longest volume. There's a lot of characters. A lot of characters. True. The longest volume so True. far. Yeah, so I think that's fine. This, I gotta say, is probably my favorite volume so far. How about you? Mm. Yeah, I think I, I think I gotta say the same thing. I, I love Five. I love the last one. Mm. But... Yeah, this one, Ishigami's backstory and just how everyone is gelling so well together in 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 various ways, I I really liked it. So I think it is my favorite as well. Nice, and uh, I can say now that it was when I had after I had read this volume, was when you became, without a doubt, my personal favorite character in the story. Yeah, uh, and I think as well that, that, that that's how I feel now again on the reread. Like at this point in the story, he's definitely my favorite character. How about you? I'm right there with you. I I can't. <laughs> I think he has one of the greatest character uh, developments in this um, in this manga. So, but yeah, for me, Ishigami's number one, and we got Chika, Kaguya. Well, I think Kaguya's two, Chika's three. All right. Well, and so yeah. that, that's exactly the what we talked about the my anime list ratings or how many how many people had favorited the different characters. I think it yeah. is exactly that order, the same one that you had there. <laughs> oh really? Oh, I thought uh, I thought Chica was two. Uh oh wait 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 sorry you're right you're right my bad you're right. Uh I think I put Kaguya ahead yeah. of Chica right now. Gotcha gotcha yeah. But I do love Chica <laughs> a lot. She's very cute. Um yeah she's awesome. <laughs> but I but I totally see because I imagine this was obviously done in season two. Mm. I can see why people on my anime list would put Ishigami at number one, based on based on this volume and subsequent episodes alone. Yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, because this this obviously is covered in in the second volume of the or, or in the second <laughs> season of the anime, uh, which a lot of, a lot of people saw that last year when it aired, and so yeah, it makes a lot of sense for him to be a fan favorite right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any closing thoughts before we end the episode? Excited to keep going. Yeah, I'm super excited for volume ten. So yeah, thank you to anyone who listened to this. We have a, an open Discord server that you can join if you want, linked in the video description. You can also follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. Thank you once again for listening, and we'll see you next time where we'll talk about volume 10 of Kaguya-sama Love is War. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.